Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're talking about Japan Airlines flight 1628. We also tell the story of Korean Airlines flight 007. Thanks for listening. Casey? Mariah! Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. Awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it's funny, again, that it's like a secret that it always takes us 45 oh my minutes God. to actually One billion it. percent. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Oh, I just, like, the microphone just crashed in a second. I don't know why, but, like, whenever I click on the link, it, mm-hmm. Anchor takes, like, 98 years. Oh. It's because I have to, like, sign, um, not sign in, but I have to, like, put my name and like all this other stuff uh, okay and Got you. the sorry one second the mic is like being silly yeah in case this accidentally makes this it into the recording um of course we still highly recommend anchor and <laughs> yes <laughs> yes 100 <laughs> percent <laughs> one billion percent they're great they just launched a new brand today so did they up. yeah that's cool uh we got an email saying that they we're not changing anything except the branding. So, oh, all right, awesome. And um, they said bright colors. So, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who Somebody, knows what that means? Like a lot of people get paid full salaries to like yep. Yep. decide bright colors is yep. the new thing. Yep. But that's good for them. Everyone wins. But like, tell me how to get that job because that's what I want to do. Ugh. I'm sure it's not easy. I don't even pretend to know how to do that. But I don't know. We can't all be down draper but right right. it's all right (laughs) but i don't know if you can tell on the recording end but i have like the real pop filter now so we'll see oh fancy we'll see how that goes awesome yeah um so today we're talking about uh japan airlines flight 1628 but it occurs to me that we had talked about um telling our dear listeners a little bit more about ourselves before we actually just jump in (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like the mystery, but yeah. people people ask. So maybe we should People have them. asked. So uh, we are friends. Yeah. <laughs> we um, have lived together for a long time, and mm-hmm. now we live in the same city again, but not together. Yep. And I... I don't know what I want to say about what my job is. That's the problem. Instead right, of talking exactly. about that, let's talk about what we are not. So we've never <laughs> been flight attendants. No. Um, I worked in aviation as a passenger service agent for Japan Airlines and Delta for uh, four years. Yeah. And what is, and Mariah, you and are. And I just, yeah. I just fly on planes. You do fly sometimes. On yeah. Um, and I haven't in a, in a long time actually but oh no one um, has I guess. yeah no right? one has i guess right um and we both have um we are both professionals <laughs> in our fields yeah. so we both have master's master's degrees and work in professional fields yes so yeah and i miss working in the airline industry sometimes and yeah you miss flying on planes sometimes. yes exactly and so yeah. i mean we talk about plane crashes and figured let's just record it exactly 
that really is it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the whole deal. <laughs> we just find this interesting. Um, yeah, we don't bring any special knowledge or understanding to these topics. It's just, nope. it's just interesting, isn't it? Wouldn't you yeah. agree, person yeah. listening to this? So hopefully you <laughs> think so. <laughs> but so yeah, uh, today we're talking about Japan Airlines Flight sixteen twenty eight. Um, it's a cargo flight, actually. Oh, so, yeah. So no passengers on this okay. flight. Um, it's this flight took place on November 17th, 1986. Smoking uh, on planes? Under- hmm? Do we smoke on cargo planes or not? I think we do. I think that's the thing, actually, because I, even in most countries, pilots, even after they stopped letting passengers smoke, the pilots were still allowed to smoke in the cockpit for like way longer. <laughs> Amazing. Because like, how could you expect a pilot? Like they're at work. Like you have right. to give them their smoke breaks. Yeah. Even if it's so, in the air going 300 miles per hour. like Exactly. And I'll tell you what bless them right i love exactly yeah i love japan airlines i love japanese people y'all like to smoke and so i would bet any amount of money <laughs> that all three of these pilots were like smoking away smoking, yeah on this plane and good God, especially in the 80s oh yeah exactly exactly so let's imagine that that is how they're in passing the time on their super long flight nice cloudy nice cloudy smoky cockpit yeah they can have the door open too so it's just like a nice little little mist cigar lounge exactly (laughs) fancy um there's three it's a 747 the best plane ever and still the best cargo plane certainly yeah um there are three pilots on board. So there's the uh, captain, the first officer, and the flight engineer. Because at this time, it would have always taken three pilots to fly fly a 747. Mm. Uh, the captain is Kenju Terauchi. Uh, the first officer is Tamafuji. And the uh, flight engineer is Yoshio. Because, you know, we're on that first name basis. Yeah. Always. Or given name basis, I guess, in this case. Yeah. But so uh, there's a couple like different details that'll come up in this flight. So forgive the rabbit trails. I guess if you're listening to more than one episode of this, <laughs> you must be forgiving of rabbit trails. Yeah. <laughs> Often. Yeah. Oh, I can't see my notes if I'm holding the this thing over my face. Because I have Ooh. to hold, I'm using the phone to record. And gotcha. I hold the pop filter, but it means I can't see as oh, well. The notes. <laughs> yeah. Can you pull coming. the notes? Oh no, because it's not connected. Yeah, but we're gonna get through it. We're gonna get through yeah, it. This is how there. this is how we work through everything. Exactly. We wait for it to go wrong, and then we figure it. And out. then we fix it. <laughs> exactly. So, which is exactly okay, so how airlines work. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's very they, true. But they, they normally just, fix it. So they do. It's true. And they 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 have professional people trying to anticipate problems, but yeah. but here we are. That's exactly We're all how. human. We're all just doing our best. Just doing our best. Um so this the whole flight is from Paris to Tokyo. Um, but the it, it again in the eighties that wasn't a straight shot, right? So mm. for a couple different reasons. Obviously fuel efficiency is one of them, but also um, it's the Cold War. So you can't just fly uh, over Russia like you'd right. like to. Um, so this flight is uh, going from Paris to Reykjavik, Iceland, to Anchorage, Alaska, to Tokyo. And this leg of the journey that we're talking about now is going from Reykjavik, Iceland, to 
uh, Anchorage, Alaska. So at about 5 p.m. on November 17th, this plane is just stoop dooping along like toward Anchorage. And to their left and just below them, all of a sudden they notice two objects. The Yeah. So the objects kind of just appear out of nowhere. All of a sudden there are these two objects and they're flying in formation with the JAL cargo plane, meaning they are like maintaining the same speed. They, the pilots don't see any aircraft on their radar and they didn't get any information about traffic from air traffic control. So they see these two objects and they just don't know what they are or why they're there. Um, The description of the objects is really odd. Um, They have lights and strobes, white and yellow lights, and they are rectangular. So I'm going to send you, Mariah, a picture. Okay. This is the picture that I just sent you. Um, that picture was the oh. recreation. Yeah. So there are like rectangular light. Yeah. Patterns. They kind of look like, I don't know, like, I guess not all refrigerators may have this, but um, they look like the back of a refrigerator, like the coils. It kind of looks yeah. like that a little bit, but yeah. light coming through it. Yeah. So they uh, are looking at this object trying to figure out what it is and as pilots obviously they are dependent on you know communicating with other people so Mm. they i can't believe what an impediment this pop filter is (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't you know it right yeah just so that we can sound good for all the people at home just so that we can sound good (laughs) if i had three arms it would really help yeah or i guess a microphone you gotta get one of those like neck things that hold harmonicas (laughs) Oh, yes. Perfect. That would work so well. I wonder how I get one of those. Um, As they're flying along, looking at these objects, trying to figure out what they might be, wondering why they're not showing up on the radar, uh, the both objects veer into position ahead of them. So they speed up and they sit again in formation. So not getting closer or further from them, but directly in front of them about 500 feet, which Mm. is not far right Right. So again in at this speed obviously having like a plane shouldn't be 500 feet in front of another plane 500 is is very very close uh they uh, appear to one of the things that they talked about was how the pilot said um that it was like they didn't have gravity like the way they moved through the air was just uh, effortless and like they seem to be able to like pause or speed up or slow down without any of the normal restrictions that uh, any other plane would have hmm. and as they veer into position ahead of them only 500 feet ahead of them they feel heat so oh. they can feel heat radiating off of these objects the, so are they are they they're not experiencing what we had talked about last week the um like the wake you know that we had like the yeah that's a good point yeah there's they there's no mention of wake or hmm. turbulence that's a good point because if it's so close to them right I mean, 500 feet is not far right no that's a good point yeah there's no mention of anything like that in anything i read or anything yeah. i watched about this hmm. there's no mention of that so 
they uh, are so exactly so they're feeling the heat from the object but to my knowledge are not feeling any like turbulence as a result yeah. of any of the power it would be putting out or the lift spiraling off the wings so the first officer calls anchorage uh, and says do you have any traffic on the radar at 11 o'clock ahead of us and the uh, the air traffic control in anchorage says like no there's nothing you shouldn't have anything in front of you there's really nothing around you so the first officer says you know roger we have in sight two traffic in front of us he's saying well we see with our own two eyeballs or our own six eyeballs we see something ahead of us right and the air traffic control is just saying you know there's there's nothing showing up on radar and uh, do you see what kind of aircraft it is or or is it an aircraft can you see anything about it and they're just like we really can't tell anything about it it has lights it's flying ahead of us like there's nothing they can meaningfully uh they can't identify if it's civilian if it's military anything Mm. about it but we see it right in front of us yeah if it was military would they be identified like would anchorage know that it was military so the that is a complex question right off the bat this early on um the answer might be no right but the civilian air air traffic control and military air traffic control historically they there used to be a time where they really didn't talk and there were that led to more than one uh tragedy where they just Uh weren't talking to each other yeah um there is better communication um much better communication now like in buffalo there's a um uh like military base in niagara falls and the um planes and pilots from that base will do touch and goes or uh, over our um buffalo runway oh, okay. um, which means that like in the middle of the night at like 11 p.m when nobody else is around they will like a big loud plane will like come in super fast touch down roll along the runway and then take off again mm-hmm. and it's very 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 fast uh and um but they can use you know there has to be communication obviously with the civilian air traffic control for them to do something like that mm. so makes sense as they're communicating with uh, air traffic control in anchorage the uh, two objects right um pull back and um take a side-by-side configuration so they're mm. again uh, they're they can see both of them they've pulled away from one another uh air traffic control asks again you know can you see anything about them is there anything can you see if there's you know just anything can you see anything about them and they say basically no uh we can't identify any type we can see navigation lights and strobe lights so they can see the lights uh they say that the lights are white and yellow Hmm. the uh as they're watching this all of a sudden the objects dip below the horizon and vanish so they just poof out of existence right so there's one thing that's to the left where it started that's the dark side of the aircraft the sun is on the right so they stayed in the dark portion then pulled ahead and then dipped below the horizon and vanished right Jeez. and they're like oh right exactly so there's as they're watching this as the two first objects uh disappear the captain again who's on the left side of the aircraft uh notices a pale band of light to his left that's mirroring that's that's 
um, staying in configuration with their speed, their altitude, and their direction. So it's flying alongside them to the left. Hmm. Okay. As he looks at that band of light, he sees the outline of a massive, massive aircraft that he describes as being the size of four aircraft carriers. No way. Yeah. And it's radiating heat into the, like, that they can feel the heat coming off of it. So as they're looking, they ask Anchorage, like, hey, do you see this now? (laughs) Right? And Anchorage is like, I don't see anything. No way. I can't see anything on radar, right? But there's this massive, massive thing that they can see, again, this pale band of light. And then just around the edge, right? You know how hard it is to see something that's dark against a light against a light source right they can see just the outline of it so there's a detail here that i think is really relevant um and it's this is 1986 this is the middle of the cold war or as we now know near the end of the cold war but tell that to people right exactly (laughs) so there's a detail so three years earlier in 1983 there had been a korean airlines flight korean airlines flight 007 and that flight on uh, September 1st of 1983, that flight was headed from JFK to Seoul, to Gimpo in Korea. And uh, it had a layover in Anchorage, just like uh, this flight. Yeah. As that plane was headed um, toward Seoul from Gimpo, or pardon me, toward Gimpo from um, Anchorage, it deviated ever so slightly as it took off from its flight path Hmm. so as it was taking off it went a little bit to the right and as you know obviously if you draw a line that's supposed to be parallel and at some point one of the lines starts to go off to the right or left just a little bit as it gets farther and farther and farther as you go along that it's going to be more and more and more off course right so as that flight got set up in slightly the wrong direction it five and a half hours later it's over Russia. Jeez. It's over Russian airspace and over an airspace that explicitly has is like a, yeah. you know, no civilian aircraft. Nobody is allowed to be there besides Russian planes. So the pilots had no idea of that flight that they were in the wrong airspace. They had no idea of anything. They were just headed. They're a civilian 747, a Korean air flight with like 269 people on board, Jeez. I think. And so as that plane is going, uh, the Soviets scramble aircraft up to follow it and to see what the heck is going on. Like, why is this plane here? As that, those planes were following it, they fired warning shots. But the Korean airline pilots didn't see it. And they had, again, no idea, literally no idea at all that they were in the wrong spot, that they were being followed. No idea about anything. They're just flying. Yeah at altitude to go to Korea Gosh. like they do every other day of their lives. Right. So as they're flying, there are these two um, Soviet uh, fighter pilots following them, firing warning shots. They have no idea that they're there. They don't see the warning shots. And they send a little message off to Anchorage or uh, oh, Tokyo, I think, Tokyo Air Traffic Control, uh, which I guess they were in range to be able to talk to them and thought they would be able to hear mm-hmm. them. And so they contacted them and said, you know, can we um, 
go up? Can we raise our flight level? Can we go up uh, 3,000 feet or so to be more economical, right? So I think it was from 35,000 feet to 38,000 feet to be more, you know, because there's less air up there. It's more economical. The higher you fly, the better fuel uh, mileage you Mm. get. And they got permission to do that. So as here's the thing, it's 747 full of people. So as it's going to lift up, as we've talked about so many times, we're talking about stall and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. As you lift your plane, your plane will slow down naturally because you're fighting gravity more. And obviously you're also... Uh, going up in altitude so this plane there's the fire fighter pilot that's behind him right keeping an eye on him trailing him uh, can't go that slow eh? and so as the plane lifted up he thought it was an evasive maneuver oh because gosh. as the as that plane slowed and lifted up he overshot them underneath them right so his plane can't slow down that much zoomed right out from underneath them and ahead of them which again, he perceived as like, oh, they're trying to like outmaneuver me. I don't know what this is. I don't know what this huge plane is. So he is talking to his, you know, whatever Soviet commanders telling them what's going on. And again, they're all interpreting. They don't know what this plane is doing here. Uh, At this time, this 83 was like a bad time in the Cold War and American fighter pilots were doing recognizance missions into Soviet airspace because the Soviets were doing missile testing. This is the the, the Cold (laughs) War for you. Yeah, exactly. Right. So as that um, fighter pilot reported everything, you know, back to his commanders and they just said, no, destroy, destroy the target, like done. And they frigging shot down a Korean oh Airlines God. flight full of people. They just oh. shot them out of the sky. And again, the pilots had no, idea. no clue. The whole time, all of a sudden, the plane gets hit by a missile and the plane crashes into Russia oh. or into Soviet something. And everyone on board was killed. Oh, my God. Yes. And so, but again, nobody has any right. idea. There's no distress call. There's no anything. Oh my God. So when everybody's in Seoul, like, where's the plane? You know, like, right. where, where is our family? Where are all these, oh. this entire huge 747 full right. of people? And meanwhile, uh, the Soviet government is like, so, like, maybe we saw something somewhere and had to, like, eliminate this target. And so it took a long time because... As you may remember, or you may have heard, it wasn't a great time for open communication during the yeah, Cold no, War. Not quite. So it took a long time before they were finally like, well, it was in our airspace. So we shot it down. Like, exactly. Exactly. God. Exactly. But so in order for Tokyo to agree to let them go up 3000 feet, don't they have to see them on their map or no? I don't think so. I, I think that... Because surely they would know if they were in Russian airspace. That's a good question. But what I I don't, my, I do not know this, but I think that they all, everybody, including air traffic control, didn't realize that they were off course. Right, right. So nobody, nobody, they were going there to my, and somebody please tell me if you know more about this. Um, But my understanding is that they're basically projecting your location based on where the pilot believes they are and where and i do know there was a whole um section when i was reading about this that kind of explained at length what the navigational um error Mm. was and how it kind of got so far out of hand um uh, but i didn't understand yeah yeah (laughs) so if somebody else can explain (laughs) it better or if um i eventually understand it better then i'll try to go into more detail okay um 
but so that had only happened three years earlier and that's one of the things that the pilots were thinking about like are we you know have we made some horrible error is this you know are we about to get shot down because even though we're a freaking cargo plane right. for japan airlines like so that's one of the things that they're thinking about and they're getting nervous and creeped out plus even if it's not soviets then who yeah. is, it? Uh, is it the american government because we're over american airspace we think we're over american airspace right, That's if we're we not believe we are right are they going to shoot us right. down is it an alien right like they just have no clue what it is but all they know is that there were two planes that they couldn't identify that were um uh, that fucked off into <laughs> nowhere and now there's this giant, giant ass like, spaceship planet. Right. And it is round. Like it's a uh, saucer shaped. Like it is like a, it's disc shaped, which whenever somebody says it's disc shaped and you're talking about UFOs, I want to be like, just call it a flying saucer. Right, right. <laughs> just call it what it is. Call it what it is. <laughs> call it what it is. We all know what you're talking right. about. Disc shaped flying saucer. <laughs> um, so they are obviously getting appropriately nervous but again there's not a whole lot to do right so the pilots ask if we can like can we deviate away from this aircraft they want to just get away from this thing right so they um, ask permission to deviate to the right to get away from the objects on their left and they get permission Uh, but the object tracks with them perfectly like it doesn't have to catch up with them it just as they move right it moves right period wow. and again they feel the heat radiating off it they see the light like it's a thing that's there yeah right it just is so as they move to the right the object tracks with them they ask if they can descend right so we went to the right stick stuck with me can we go down they say okay they go down the object stays with them still so it's just tracking with them perfectly uh the Anchorage air traffic control, right, is trying to kind of help them figure this thing out. They ask, okay, so how about this? Make a full 360 degree turn, right? Take one huge circle all the way around and see if the object tracks with you the entire time or what happens, right? So they ask them to make a whole 360 degree turn, which in a 747, a heavy, you know, loaded up 737 or 747, rather, it takes, um, a few minutes right several like maybe six or seven minutes so they start to make this huge turn to the right so away from the object and as they make this big right turn for six or seven minutes going around round 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 as they recorrect so they're going straight again toward anchorage they don't see it anymore it disappeared right so they don't see it and they report that they don't see it to their truck control Air traffic control doesn't see it on their radar either, so they don't know what it is, but they're just like, okay, so we don't see it. But meanwhile, this massive thing just is not there. Exactly. It just is gone, and they don't feel the heat anymore, I guess. Um, So, meanwhile, though, at that exact same time, at the uh, military base, um, they see on their radar this massive thing following this civilian plane. Yeah. So they call Anchorage and are like, what's the big thing that we see on our radar following that plane? So now the air traffic controller is just like, what? Oh my <laughs> gosh. So he calls Jal again and says like, so you, you don't see it? It's not like you can't see it anywhere? And they say, well, no, because they don't see it. But it is also behind them. Behind yeah. them. So there's a United Airlines flight that's uh, 
quite behind them, right? There's United Airlines flight that's away from the JAL flight behind them. And the air traffic control from Anchorage asks them, will you, can I deviate you so that you can look and see if you see anything following this plane? And they agree to, you know, and as they deviate and like shift them around so that they are tracking directly behind them and closer to them, the United Airlines flight just says, no, I don't see anything. I can see the JAL flight. I can see the silhouette of the JAL flight and I don't see anything else, but it's still showing up on the military bases radar. So, as this is all happening, right, they're all like, trying to figure it out. The air traffic control asks the military if they will scramble some planes up to go look at whatever's going on. The military goes and asks whoever they ask and then comes back and says, you know, yeah, we can do that. So then they offer to the pilots, do you want us to scramble planes up there to uh, escort you or to see what's going on or just to check it out? Now, the pilots actually declined that. They Damn. said no. And there's a couple of reasons. One, um, the biggest one, the one the pilot actually or the captain actually cited was something called the Mantell incident. Um, that is something from 1948. Uh, this is a little shorter. Basically, in 1948, there was a, a young Air Force pilot who spotted something mysterious while he was flying on a like practice mission or whatever in um, the U.S., like over the U.S., and he wanted to pursue it and asked for permission to pursue this mm. object, and they gave him permission. So as he flew, he followed this thing, and the thing kept going up, 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 and the pilot flew up, 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 ele- going higher and higher in elevation, pursuing this object. Well, it, he got hypoxia oh, and passed out and fell out of the sky and died right and it turned out you know decades later that it was the object was almost certainly i don't know if people debate this or not but according to the military it was um like a balloon like a military grade like experimental secret weather balloon so the pilot of the captain of the jow flight says like he knew about that part that that whole thing and he just he just declines he's just like i'm not gonna mess with that like don't send any like let's just not so after about 50 minutes from start to finish right from first sighting to to now all of a sudden it it disappears it disappears from radar it disappears from view of everybody it's gone it's gone good so the JAL plane continues on to uh, Anchorage. Nope, to, to yeah, Anchorage, to Anchorage. Yeah. and lands, and that's that. That's insane. So. And they've yes. never, did they figure it out or they just don't know? They just have no idea. So that day, right, that the same, like, immediately after they landed, right? So obviously the pilots have to write a report, right, for the FAA, for the um, the Federal Aviation Association. Yeah. Yeah. So the pilots, the captain particularly, because he saw the most because it was on his side of the aircraft, right? So the pilot wrote his report calls the UFO in his report, which again is accurate. It is yeah. an unidentified flying yeah. object. That's exactly right. what it is. So in his report, he gives like descriptions, which I think I sent you the images mm-hmm. um, of that he, they're like basically um, 
what are those pictures that they make oh for yeah criminals like or whatever? um uh sketch <laughs> police, police sketch, sketch. yeah they're, <laughs> they're functionally like police yeah. sketches of aliens yeah. so he <laughs> so um he has those made up and then the faa has to do a report so very promptly after all this happened there was a meeting a secret meeting between like the FAA, the CIA, the FBI, the military. Everybody had this little sit down meeting that never happened, air quotes, right. um, even though I don't, I don't even think anyone says it didn't happen. <laughs> I think it's universally agreed on that this yeah. meeting happened. Uh, the Cold War is over anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. But um, they all sat down and worked it out. So there's this funny little twist where they thought they had gathered all everything like the the radar reports the radar data the air, air traffic control they had they thought they had taken all of it right but they didn't have the copy that the anchorage air traffic control had oh. so his copies of all that stuff he still had they didn't think to come and take his so they thought they had all of it gathered it all up had their little secret meeting and then said oh it was like a radar mistake basically it was it was something called a split radar image which again if you understand that yeah call us and let us know right. what it is but they basically said it's yeah. an error like a radar right. error which doesn't make any sense because the pilots saw it with their right. eyes and felt it like felt the heat radiating off it so it's not and they the FAA basically said um, we believe the pilots, but we can't back up what they said because the proof on the radar screen is not real. <laughs> like, that's what they said. Oh, my said. God. Well, yeah. and it, I mean, that's confusing because don't you want to figure out what the giant spaceship is? Like, forget the exactly. two little flying things. This giant spaceship or what, I, like, giant exactly. flying object? Right. <laughs> right. And, like, again, I think you're right to mention, like, there's three objects total and one of them is massive they radiate heat to me that's the biggest thing because your eyes can play tricks on you you know what i mean i I can imagine like you know over alaska there's all this you know crazy atmospheric stuff or whatever sure but feeling the heat radiating right randomly and then to have it stop exactly and it showed up on the radar at one point but only the military radar not the civilian radar and i just so there are uh, the pilot or the captain, Kenju, he spoke to Japanese journalists mm. about this uh, and they put him on desk duty Whoa. for years. So, yeah, yeah. So they put him on desk duty. Um, Jal put him on desk duty. And I love Jal. God bless Jal. Um, they don't want their pilots. They don't want any it's not even that they don't want negative publicity. They only want positive. Yeah. There's like neutral publicity. Like, God right. bless them. I love you, Jal. Don't right. be mad at me. You don't like yeah. neutral publicity. You would like right. positive. So they put him on desk duty. Eventually, they did let him start flying again, um, like years later. Um, he's still alive. All these people. I mean, he's 86, wow. right? It wasn't that long ago. Right. He's yeah. retired uh, now. But there's a little follow-up thing to this, which is, Within the next few years, there were two other incidences where pilots, where people saw like a similar aircraft over the same airspace. Really? Yeah. There were two incidents after this one where other people reported seeing something similar in the same airspace. Interesting. So, yeah. I mean... (laughs) We have to have this conversation. 
what what is your take on aliens and ufos your personal take yeah so i i think that it's not a coincidence that during the cold war we had tons of ufo sightings and now we Mm. don't have as many i just don't think that's a coincidence uh, because I mean, so, 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 so many like Roswell, like all this stuff during, you know, a little bit during World War II, but really after World War II during the Cold War up until, you know, the mm, late 80s, there were so, so, so right. many. And now there still are some, right? Even though the Cold War is over. But I just think that that glut of, you know, I don't know, there's the space race and satellites and all that stuff. You know, that's the first yeah. time, like, there were man-made objects flying around at that rate either, right right i think that it's totally possible that there are aliens yeah. but i don't i don't know what are your thoughts well, on it so i actually um a friend of mine is like a firm ufo alien believer firm like believes mm-hmm. it one billion percent is obsessed with aliens all documentaries all shows so naturally just being a friend you know like i look it up every so often to see what the government's saying see what other people are saying and recently i think it was back in december i'll have to pull it up to see if i can find it so everyone can read it but there was a new york magazine article um and basically they were saying that so the defense uh the secretary of defense or the defense minister in israel is like an avid believer and swears that there is yeah like swears that there is like some underground space station or like like bunker on mars where governments and aliens meet they yeah (laughs) and that they like they i don't know they just like keep stuff going i guess and like are diplomatic with each other and um sometimes like allow like the governments allow aliens to do experiments on certain humans and so that's why there are ufo sightings because it's been like sanctioned by the state to allow it i mean this is what the this is what the like the defense minister of israel (laughs) is saying um really yeah, find the article would israel be in a, like i really i don't i hope <sighs> please no one out there accuse me of anti-semitism because no, I, I feel God, like anytime no. you talk about israel people are going to be like what are right. you saying all i'm saying is is would israel be in on that or would that be like right the i mean that's the thing we always like assume it would be like the u.s and maybe russia but that's again the cold war yeah stuff. I don't know. I mean, and he could be, like, I don't know anything about this individual, uh, but he could be losing, you know, some of his memory. I mean, but he did run the space program for 30 years. Oh, Um, He would know. Right. Okay, so the article is, it's in New York Magazine, and it's, the title of it is, Senior Government Officials Keep Saying That UFOs and Aliens Are Real, by Eve Pizer, Pazer. Um, and yeah, I guess, so it, like, all of that is included in this article. Um, Hmm. yeah. 
that is true like the title is true that it yeah. seems like a lot of like high-ranking officials do keep saying like maybe look over here and then other people are like don't right, look over right. there so i i know i said this to you a long time ago in like 2018 maybe i said that i the thing that makes me not believe in aliens more than anything is the fact that trump didn't that was that is exactly what i was just about to say because the end of the article the the defense secretary i gotta find his name uh it's in here somewhere um ished ishid e-s-h-e-d ished ishid so that's the guy's last name but he said um that trump was on the verge of revealing the existence of aliens to the general public but was stopped by the galactic federation in order to prevent mass hysteria so that's okay here's the thing i don't think anyone could stop you don't think trump would have said in the middle of his like flight to continue right. to be president would have said i have to be president because right because aliens. the aliens like, keep coming think, and doing experiences experiments on you and israel's just yeah. letting them like 100 percent. israel's just like <laughs> but like that's something uh, like i can imagine i i don't actually think that anybody ever told trump everything that's I what i was saying the other day to ty i was like there's no way that he knows some of this stuff there's zero no, chance I, and but like the mass hysteria thing i don't i kind of don't get i kind of don't know if that like is i mean here's what i think is possible let's pretend they're aliens the government knows let's just go back it's 1935 it's 19 let's say 50 let's pick that it's 1950 america and russia know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are aliens and they're like oh but the people we don't want to give them mass hysteria we don't want to ruffle any feathers right um that again there's like different pieces that don't make sense to me like why would why would america and the soviets talk so much about blowing each other like just um, nuking each other into oblivion if there are aliens like i don't know what changes and i know i don't know what doesn't change but if that was the policy if they all decided in the 50s like it's more important that we talk about nuking each other for the next 50 years than it is to tell people about aliens then because the people will be scared more scared than they are by the existential threat of nuclear war i don't know i I can imagine that they would that 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 policies like that continue after their usefulness i think that is a reality of governments that you get kind of one you get rolling in one direction and you just keep rolling in that direction because i don't know if it's true that it would cause mass hysteria now i just don't know if that's yeah i mean now certainly after 2020 and the beginning of 2021 i don't think oh if they were gonna now is the time to rip the band-aid off just do it just tell us (laughs) i'll be surprised i promise to be oh yeah shocked if if biden comes out tomorrow and says here's fourteen hundred dollars also there are aliens (laughs) But like mass hysteria, absolutely not. We're past that point. We are so beyond mass hysteria. This, yeah, it, wouldn't it be the time to do mass yeah. hysteria? Like, wouldn't it, if you were going to tell everyone that, why not tell them when everybody's locked in their right, house? Right, exactly. Now is the time. But maybe they also think there's no utility in telling anybody. Like, what do they have to gain from telling everybody? Nothing, and they I certainly, if they are allowing experiments, they certainly have a lot to lose. Yeah, that part though. I mean, we all know that they're eating children, so right. why not just give them some of those kids? No, kidding. <laughs> but, um, uh, but with that, like, experiments thing, I kind of also, 
don't totally get that because I mean, a, we human beings do experiments on people and we know a lot about people because we are people. Mm. So a lot of the data you would think we could just provide to them without experiments, just be like, Oh, actually we know what happens if you remove your liver. Like you don't have to do that to a person or B if there are things that don't hurt you, like why pick up like Earl from his like house right. in Arkansas? Like why abduct him when like I think probably somebody would be like, "Hi, I would like to be right. a subject." Like you can be right you, now, right now, yeah. Get paid, yeah. Like you can get paid to have them like give you medicine to see if it works right. or not right now. So it seems like somebody would do that. Like a military official would be like, "Actually, why don't you pay me eighty thousand dollars and you can do whatever you want and <laughs> right. you wipe my memory anyway?" So just do let's it. Do it. Yeah. I don't know. But then John Brennan, who ran the CIA, also believes that there are UFOs and, like, spoke about it in, uh, I think, like, speaks about it regularly. Yeah. Really? I should look into it more. I, I kind of, I, I gravitate heavily towards thinking that there is probably some life out there somewhere and there probably is not any meaningful contact between humans yeah. and aliens. That's what yeah. I gravitate toward. That's my base. Um, but if any of you out there have stories about seeing UFOs, I will gleefully listen yeah. to all your stories and do a whole UFO episode where you guys just tell your UFO stories. And as we say to everybody who contacts us, you can absolutely remain confidential or you cannot yeah. remain confidential and you can tell everyone what your Twitter handle is and you can get all the new followers. Go. Like yeah. anything is fine. But the, yeah, I mean, I know people, I feel like I shouldn't say people's names, like who have told me that they have experiences Mm. like that. Like, I feel like I shouldn't say their names without their permission, but I have talked to a lot of people. And then this whole story, this story that we just told is really weird. And maybe I'm not fair to say like, well, it was the cold war. So it was probably cold war shenanigans, but at the same time, Right. I don't know. Right. It was the Cold War. Beats me. Well, and if it is the Cold War, I mean, who the hell is having a giant aircraft over the United States? Or near right. the United States right. without the United States military knowing? It's just not. Right. Why isn't, why aren't aliens part of the QAnon thing? Or are they? That's a good question. Not that I've seen. I mean, my research is very, very, um, What's the word? Beginner, but um, novice, I guess. I'm like starting my journey down the queue, trying to understand all of the different aspects of it. Yeah, and it's it's trying tricky. To understand. I'm not gonna lie, it's tricky. It, it's it's very it's a lot. lot. It's a lot. Um, do you believe in aliens? Do you have a position? <sighs> I don't know. I'm neutral. I like I. I think so. I think there has to... I think there are things out there. Like, I... I think I probably align more with you. Like, yeah, probably, but I don't know if we have any, like, meaningful communication with them. But I do think Mm -hmm. that people are credible. Like, I don't know about this defense minister or whatever from Israel, but, like, credible people are... have seen some things that haven't been able to be explained. And I do trust... Like, I trust that um yeah i don't think people are lying right i don't think right. people are lying i i believe people who say they have these yeah. experiences 
I just don't know if those experiences are aliens or if they're weird stuff that we exactly yeah like another layer that we're just that's invisible to us i don't know if i necessarily believe in the abduction part there is like a handful of abduction stories that i've heard that i was like you are not lying when you tell this story like something happened and you appear to have like you appear to be completely sane and everything like that like i don't think that you're i don't think you're lying there are external things that seem there's one i'm not gonna i shouldn't even try to tell it but like the long and short of it was like a bunch of loggers um saw like a flying saucer and one of them got abducted and the other ones all ran away and then like came back to look for the guy and couldn't find him and then went and reported it and then they got arrested for because they figured that what had actually happened is these guys had murdered oh. this guy and were trying to tell this alien story. And then, like, four or five days later, the guy, like, stumbles out of the woods and is like, I was abducted by aliens. Whoa. And they were like, oh. and he, But he thought he'd only been gone for, like, an hour and really it had been days. And then in those, like, in that forest, the trees, like the trees that were exposed to the aircraft that they all claimed they saw, like the trees like grew too much Mm. or something like the, they like the wood on that side of the tree would be like way thicker. And there was like radiation in that area. Like there's a story like that, but again, I like, that's a weird story. Yeah. And a lot of people saw something and I don't think you're lying, but also Right, right, exactly. I don't know. Exactly, like how? I don't know. Yeah. Unless there's, like, buddy aliens and rogue aliens. Like, there's aliens that pick off randos. there's there's the aliens aliens that we have the Galactic Federation with at Mars. Right. And those we don't. Uh, if they talk about the idea that there might be water under the surface mm. of mars and like to me the idea that like we would go there and drill down and there would just be like an ocean right. of like fish yeah. basically under there like martian <laughs> fish that to me is so like no intelligent life but life like that's amazing yeah. to me like that's an incredible yeah. thing to imagine i would be so excited so that technically is aliens right but it's not like it, they're whatever less advanced right. than us right and they're fish or it's full of mermaids mars being full of mermaids yes. is the best thing i can oh. imagine like amen to that mermaids and Let's unicorns it. yeah it'd be perfect tell us what oh, you think yeah of tell us we want to know we really we do. do especially if you've seen one it's really interesting to me like sound people who who like fully believe in aliens like i love talking to people who fully believe like in our unconvinced, will not be swayed the other way. Um, yeah, it's a good time. It's a really yeah. good time. Yeah, there's that one guy that they keep doing documentaries about who says that he was like a works for the military and like was trying to reverse engineer alien technology. Mm. Listen, right, it's me. So if you know, if you worked for boeing reverse engineering <laughs> alien stuff right like, yeah. and, and i mean um, they really shot down the uh storming of area 51 so 
Yeah. And we don't need any more no, God, of no. anything in America. No. So let's yeah, put those days behind us. But that is the story wow. of this weird alien cargo flight. Ten out of ten. Amazing. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it's fun. It's hard. It's it's weird. Yeah, it it's a is. weird one for sure. And all these people are alive, so it'd be fun yeah, to talk to what them and happened? be like tell us. Yeah. Because there's usually little details that like, yeah. get left out in the retelling. Would but... so if if this were in the age of cell phones, would a pilot be able to record that on a cell phone? So there's something weird. I I really I, maybe I should have mentioned this, but I couldn't like quite figure out. I saw some people. Some people said that the pilot tried to take a picture. That he had a camera and mm. tried to take a picture, but some people didn't, and that's a very weird detail to Believe, not yeah. like have pinned down. And, um, you know, I'm not working with, I'm working with like, oh, speaking of sources. So I just always want to like recommend, um, the flight channel Mm. on YouTube and AJ's channel. What is AJ's channel? If you search AJ plane video, (laughs) he'll come up. Um, but they're really, really cool channels that, um, cover a lot of crashes. They're the exact opposite of what we do. So there's no talking. It's all written and video, um, like flight simulations with the details written out and it's very informative and factual. So we, um, tell stories in a loosey goosey way, all spoken. (laughs) They don't speak anything and tell the stories in a detailed professional way but they're really good so if you want to complete your knowledge by looking up those videos definitely go for it great thank you so much for listening to this episode of the pod crashed if you noticed anything that we may have missed or gotten wrong please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know If you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. We do want to start adding more of your stories to these episodes. If you have an interesting story from working in aviation or flying, reach out and let us know. We'd love to add it to the next episode. We can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for listening.